Okay, today we're going to continue the session that I started two weeks ago on Only Believe. So uh, you'll see that we're going to dive into something different here this morning. Um, this message, again, is going to be a combination of what the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart and a recap of the Healing Conference. So, I had told you about some speakers that we had, and I'm going to give you another one. His name is Tyler, and he is from Seattle, Washington. God has used him to raise many people from the dead. Now, I can tell you what my first thought was. I don't want anybody raising me from the dead. <laughs> I want to be with Jesus. So that was my first thought. And so as I'm sitting there and I'm contemplating all this and talking to the Lord, he gives me this vision. Because I'm like, do I really want to listen to this? Is this really? Come on. So the Lord gave me this vision and I saw Jesus standing in an ocean. And I saw myself on the beach. And he said, come, jump in. The water is fine. Now, I thought, now, why would he just say fine? So I decided to look up the definition of fine. And, you know, many of us go around and we say, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And we take that, oh, okay, you're just fine. Actually, if you look up the definition of fine, it means outstanding and excellent. So remember that. So if you tell me you're fine, then I'm going to say to you, oh, you mean outstanding and excellent, right? <laughs> so I knew that there was something that God wanted me to see in all of this. Now, I don't recommend that you go out to the funerals or anything like that. But what you want to do is you want to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you and through you. And if he has a plan that somebody is has already just died and he wants to bring them back, he can use you to pray and bring that person back. So we have that divine enablement which is that same spirit that raised Jesus inside of us. He raised Jesus from the dead. He is inside of us. And we need to start grabbing a hold of that. We start grabbing about hold of who we are in the Lord and who he is through us and who he wants to be in and through us. So this is uh, one of the things that Tyler said. He said, obedience leads to access to the Holy Spirit and opens the door. And I thought, wow, that's a little bit different saying than what the Lord spoke to me, where obedience is the key that unlocks the door to my presence. Obedience is the key. Obedience to the Spirit opens the door. That's the access to the door. Tyler talked about having a PhD with God. I like that. He has a PhD with God. In other words, it's all about the intimacy. And I talked a little bit earlier this morning about intimacy. That's what God wants. He wants us to be intimate with him. So he talked about St. Francis Xavier, who, of course, was a Catholic. And he had that intimacy with our father. It was also said that he spoke in tongues. He baptized over 2,000 people on a ship to China. 
over 2,000 people. In the midst of that, a dad with a five-year-old boy lost sight of his son who had fallen into the ocean. They couldn't rescue him since the waves were too high. They couldn't see him. St. Francis prayed for three days solid in his room and did not come out. When he came out the third day, he saw the little boy running up to him. It was amazing. It was a breakthrough. It was a miracle. And so many times, you know, we're looking at all this negative stuff, but we're not believing for a miracle. And so as I was um, listening to Tyler saying about all the different miracles, I came back and Fred said to me, Jenny, that movie that you wanted to see called Breakthrough, I don't know if any of you have seen it, but he said that movie that you wanted to see is in. So I just, um, I went into a little bit about what they said about the breakthrough. I love the movie. It's a true story, and if you can see it, maybe it'll come out probably on DVD. But if you can see that movie, that is a true story, and it is a miracle. And it was about a mother's unfaltering love in the face of impossible odds. Joy Smith's adopted son, John, falls through on icy Missouri Lake, and all hope seems lost. Some of us have situations in our life that right now it looks like all hope is lost. But as John lies lifeless, Joyce refuses to give up. See, that's the key. Refuse to give up. Her steadfast belief inspires those around her to continue to pray for John's recovery, even in the face of every case history and scientific prediction. Breakthrough is an enthralling reminder that faith and love can create a mountain of hope. I love that. Think of that. Faith and hope can create a mountain of hope and sometimes even a miracle. And that's what happened here. John was in this lake over 15 minutes. People do not survive that. The mother and the rescuer was going to give up. They had these rescuers that came and they were going to give up. And this one heard, go back. And he thought it was a person that was talking to him. Later, he finds out that it was God who told him to go back. One event led to another event. And it was a miracle. This boy is alive. And this was, I think, back in 2015. Is that right, Fred? Okay. That's... One miracle. Did we hear that on the news? Maybe in Missouri they did, but we didn't hear it here, did we? We didn't know anything of it until the movie came out. There are many miracles that we're not knowing. And so we look at things and we think, oh, that can't happen to me, you know. Uh, mm, it happens to other people, but not to me. The result of many miracles is what do we believe? What do we hold on to? What do we take hold of like a bulldog holding on to a bone? 
If God tells you and promises you something directly from him, you better hold on to that. I have many promises that I'm holding on to and nobody's taking them from me because I am like that bulldog holding on to a bone. <laughs> and I am going to hold on to that. Well, while I was in Lancaster, my friend's daughter-in-law texted this to um, my friend. And um, it says the children were all lined up in the cafeteria for lunch. And at the head of the table was a large pile of apples. The nun posted a note on the apple tray that read, take only one. God is watching. <laughs> so the children are like, okay, take only one because God is watching. But moving further along down the lunch line at the other end of the table was another large pile of chocolate chip cookies. My favorite. But there was a note from a child. Take all you want. God is watching the apples. <laughs> so uh, we can be very selective too, can't we? <laughs> so I thought about this. This child believed the note. He believed that God was really watching the apples, but not the chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> and how much more should we believe God's word to us? On Monday, I was driving to the fellowship hall at the Brethren Village to decorate the room for my mother for her 90th birthday party. And as I was driving, I had all these thoughts in my head, and I'm talking to the Lord. Oh, Lord, I don't know how Lois is going to get my mom convinced to come to the fellowship hall. I don't know what else to do. And all of a sudden, this is what I heard. Didn't you give that to me? You see, I write down every day, I give you this, I give you this, I give you this. And I said, yes. He said, well, I've got it. How many times are we giving things to God and we're still talking to him about it? He said, I've got it. When he's got it, what do you think? I didn't think about it anymore. I believed him. See, it's all about what do you believe? What are you trusting in? Mark 9, 14 says, when they came back, to the other nine disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and scribes questioning and arguing with them. You see, for God, there is nothing too difficult. There is nothing impossible. And Luke 137 says that. It doesn't say that there are exceptions. There are no exceptions. The enemy wants to place those exceptions in our minds. So we're going to go to this story in Mark 9, 14. And it says, immediately when the entire crowd saw Jesus, they were startled and began running to greet him. He asked them, what are you discussing with them? And then one comes up from the crowd and he says, teacher, I brought you my son, possessed with a spirit which makes him unable to speak. And wherever it seizes him, intending to do harm, 
it throws him down and he foams at the mouth and he grinds his teeth and he becomes stiff. Now notice it says he was possessed with a spirit. He had a spirit. Now in Matthew 10, 1, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority and power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every kind. It doesn't say some. It says to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And he says, I told your disciples to drive it out and they could not do it. He replied, oh, unbelieving, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. Now, note, what is the first thing that he said to the disciples? He saw their unbelief and faithlessness. Even though they watched Jesus take authority over many of the demonic spirits, and he gave them authority to cast out demons. Have we been given the authority? Are you putting up with fear, worry, anxiousness, stress? Now, the enemy always wants to bring that on us, but what are we doing about it? Do we have to put up with that? No, we don't. So they brought the boy to him, and when the demonic spirit, this is what I want you to really take notice to, saw him, immediately it threw the boy into a convulsion and falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. Now, this is what I want you to take notice to. It says when the demonic spirit saw Jesus, saw him. Isn't Jesus who people should see in us? The more intimate with the Father, the more people will see Jesus in us. We won't have to say that we love Jesus or that we're Christians or we're believers. They'll know it because they'll see Jesus. Someone sent this to me on Facebook, and I think, Robin, you were one of them, <laughs> and you'll probably remember this. Be the kind of woman who, when your feet hit the floor, each morning the devil says, Oh no, she's up. <laughs> and I say that for the men too. Be the kind of man that the devil is the one that gets upset that you're up. Not you get upset that you're up. <laughs> In verse 21, Jesus asked his, asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he answered, since childhood. Now that tells us it doesn't matter how long, how many years from childhood that you've dealt with a disease, dealt with an evil spirit. doesn't matter. Jesus is the healer. And this began when he was just a little boy. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long you've had the disease. You know, some, some of you have had diabetes, heart conditions, you know, kidneys problems. It doesn't matter how long. God is our healer. He is our Jehovah Rapha, and we need to start taking a hold of that. It's like um, 
You get a crowd together. Jesus drew a crowd, didn't he? <laughs> he was to draw a crowd. He was to draw people to see that, hey, don't give up. Trust the Lord. Have faith in him. And then Jesus said to him, you say to me, if you can. How many of us are saying, if you can? All things are possible for the one who believes and trusts in me. That's what Jesus is saying. All things are possible for the one who believes and trusts in me. All things. Not just a little bit. Not just some. All things. So we take a look at this scripture and we think, how ridiculous to say that to Jesus, right? Isn't that ridiculous to say that to Jesus? If you can? Is... <laughs> Is anything too difficult for him? All things are possible with him. Yet don't we think the same thing? After all, you did it for so-and-so. But can you really do it for me? Or, well, that doesn't happen to everyone, just God's elect. Verse 24, immediately the father of the boy cried out with a desperate, piercing cry, saying, I do believe. Help me. Catch this. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering around them, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. It was all about what Jesus would do, not what the demons had done. Now, I'm sure that he heard of the miracle healings. However, he recognized that he had unbelief, and he needed help to believe that Jesus would deliver his son. So I also thought about what Jesus saw when he, what he saw about the crowd gathering all around. Why did he quickly deliver the boy? Demons love attention. And too much of the evil is getting the attention. And I have it very strong in my spirit that it's time to rise up, Christians. It's, try, it's time to rise up children of God. It's time to take the place that God wants us to. This bitty stuff of, okay, well, this person's doing that, and that person's doing this, and this is going on here, and all this, you know, we got to stop it. We got to start saying, you know what, God, I'm following you. Your presence is going to go with me wherever you call me. Because that's what your word says. And I'm going to hold on to your word and I'm going to believe your word. And I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you that in your word, you said that you gave us the authority to cast out demons. You gave us the authority to go to that person and talk to them and help them and minister to them. You gave us yourself. You gave of yourself. 
You took everything on the cross, and you not only took it all, you became it all. So it doesn't belong on us, does it? No, it does not belong on us. You see, after screaming out and throwing him into a terrible convulsion, it came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse, so still and pale, that many of the spectators said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, <laughs> and he raised him up, and he stood up. And I believe this was the last scene. You see, the, demon, the demons are always wanting attention. They always have something that they're trying to do. And when we pray, we see things get worse, don't we? <laughs> A lot of times we do. Before the breakthrough, many times things will get worse. What do we do? Do we give up or do we hold on like that bulldog holding on to a bone? Are we going to trust and have faith in God? Because you see, the demons are having their last thing. They're trying to do everything that they can do. And that's what's going on out there. They're trying to do everything that they can. I can tell you this. I'm not putting up with what's going on with my husband. Not in any way. He is healed by Jesus' stripes. And every one of us that are having these sicknesses and diseases, we are healed by Jesus' stripes. He sent his word, which is Jesus, and healed us from all this destruction in our body, in our minds. It's time to rise up. When he had gone indoors, his disciples began asking him privately, why were we unable to drive it out? And he replied to them, this kind of unclean spirit cannot come out by anything but praying to the Father. The King James says fasting and prayer. There are times when God carries us into a fast, like we did in January and February. There are times. Now, at this point, there are times where something will be right in front of us, and we don't have time to fast, but we seek the Lord immediately. Sometimes he'll carry us into something out there that we don't know. We could be out there in a grocery store, and all of a sudden, somebody comes to us and starts telling us their problems. So we've got to get ready. I honestly believe this, that we are in the beginning of the end times. And when Jonathan Kahn talked about to, that we need to be praising God and thanking him that we live in this time, the end time. I believe there is so much that God wants to do, and he needs us to come along with his plan. And stop looking at everything else that's going around us. Look at what God wants to do. Get into his word. Get the intimacy with him. Have that time with him. Make that time. I know many of us are busy. Some of you are still working and, and you know, have so much. But if you don't, if you're so busy and you don't have time for him, you're going to be in trouble. Because I believe that busyness is one of the tools of the enemy.
to keep us from being able to sit down and spend time with him. And oh my goodness, when you get in his presence, I mean, there's times when I'm in his presence, I don't want to get out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is great. I love you. I want to be with you. I want to sit with you. I love sitting on your lap. Do you love sitting on his lap? Do you love being with him? He wants us to have that relationship with him daily. I think we believe that God can do the impossible, right? I believe that. But can we believe that he will do the impossible in our situations? You see, that's a different story here. Can we believe for God to work in our situations? So I'd like to encourage you to take a piece of paper and write down what you are praying for. Perhaps you or your loved ones, you need healing, you need help in your finances, you need salvation for loved ones, maybe you have people that need jobs or yourself you need a job. So if you don't have a piece of paper, then let me know. If you have a piece of paper, I want you to write down what it is that you need a miracle for. You don't have paper, right, Fred? Anybody have paper? Okay. Just going to take a little bit of time when everybody gets paper to just sit. You know, some of us will know exactly right away. And some of you may not know. And maybe the Holy Spirit will speak to you and let you know what he wants you to believe for. What he wants you to trust him for. After you write this, then I have this box. So we're going to place them in. And I have a prayer that I want us to say. So Robin, you want to place that over there. And they can just, yeah, that's good. The middle there. They can just place them in the boxes. Nobody's going to be going through them. <clears throat> Whatever's on your heart. <laughs> Believe me, I have more than one thing. <laughs> 